Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. What is Discoculia? Discoculia tips and tricks. Tip for Discoculia in daily life. Using your fingers and student need visualization. Welcome and this is our podcast for week 17 in 2019 and we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaService.com. Welcome Dr. Schroeder. Well, thank you. I'm always happy that you keep inviting me back. Oh, absolutely. We couldn't do it without you. And today we're going to dive right in. We have wonderful awareness uh, situations here. The first link says, what is DiscoCulia? Let's listen in. This is a little video. Let's see if this works. Beautiful music. Oh, and these are um, titled, um, titled little uh, cartoon style pictures. Oh, l- let me let me tell you what what the text is here. Um, the first picture already gives three main points that are very very important. Uh-huh. First of all, dyscalculia is not a sign of low IQ. And secondly, it's also not a lack of effort, and it's also not the same as mouth anxiety. Okay. Now, that's already three <laughs> okay. things. If everybody would take that home, <laughs> then my day would already be good. <laughs> and be good. it comes from, uh, we are teachers. Okay. And that group is um, has a fully animated video, like we said, background music. It goes over all the troubles that uh, children with dyscalculia uh, may have um, even tardiness because they try to stay out of the classroom they're afraid to come in they didn't finish their oh, homework right. they think that all their homework right. is wrong it's so important to know and if you are limited for time um, that is uh, a very uh, fast introduction if you like to know a little bit more i would say um seek out our uh, half-day online dyscalculia awareness uh, training uh, that comes with a certificate that you can probably use uh, for your school to show that you did some continuous training. Right, and that's available at dyscalculiaawareness.org. Absolutely. Good, that brings us to our uh, to our second link for the week. It says dyscalculia tips and tricks. It is also a little movie. Let's see if they are talking in this one or not. Um, no, it's uh, again uh, slides with letters on it. Uh, wonderful music. Yeah. And we'll turn it over to Dr. Schroeder to give us some <laughs> insights into it. Well, if you look at that video, I can only recommend you click on the link. They give some good tips. For example, that there is really no age where the students need to stop using their fingers. And there's new information. That's nice. Everybody needs to be aware that uh, using your finger is a stage in developing fact fluency. If eventually the facts are committed to a long-term memory and can be retrieved, it's not always uh, needed to actually move your uh, fingers. But uh, we will hear later uh, that um, the centers in the brain that are connected with uh, finger counting still um, are active 
even if you do not um, move your fingers. Also, another thing that they um, mentioned is that the so-called mad minutes pages with um, rows and rows of unconnected math facts, either uh, addition, subtraction, or multiplication, or mixed, um, that they are not very beneficial. They um, usually instill a lot of uh, math anxiety. They only work for students who don't need them, who already are able to retrieve it. And for those, you can nice uh, train training. them to get right. a little bit faster, okay? But for the kids who uh, do not yet have the strategies to uh, find the, the answer, it's only detrimental. And what's even worse is that uh, very often uh, these things are repeated without uh, using the weekend between to actually teach the facts that they didn't know. Right. So they keep having low scores and that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. Now, they have a few more tips uh, like using games, using colors, and overall it's a nice short video uh, with good information. Okay. Well, I mean, it connects with our next link. Uh, that's another tip for dyscalculia in daily life. Yeah, this uh, comes from the Discoculia blog, and they have a general article article about Discoculia. <coughs> this is a great tip where they encourage to bring math into everyday life. When you go around doing your errands with your child, have them count some cars, some particular type of cars. Mm -hmm. um, count all the Teslas in front of the <laughs> HUB store. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Sort some things, mm -hmm. uh, large and small, several colors, um, the shapes, etc. Um, what would be also interesting is have them balance some weights in the kitchen, if you have those. Um, everything will help them to develop their sense for numbers, um, the street numbers, and that they're either going up or when you uh, take a 180-degree U-turn, now all of a sudden you see those numbers going down. That is okay. a, that's a very good connection for later with the number line. And that will make uh, math in school a lot more uh, accessible and, and actually easier. So we, we encourage families to introduce also family games. Uh, maybe have a family game night right. once a week. And play board games, throw dice, play card games with numbers, and uh, that will make it more fun. Good, good advice. We're talking to Dr. Sorder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and we're looking at the links provided on our website, DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. Our next link says, uh, using their fingers, what is the latest and greatest on using fingers? Should that stop at four years old? Oh, please, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, we even do not need to tell them to get over that finger counting. That that actually is a major myth that has, uh, has been introduced uh, several decades ago and um, still is very strong in a lot of the uh, universities where they um, educate. Uh, teachers to be so they come from school and they think that they should discourage the finger counting 
But by doing that, you take a resource away too early. As when when uh, children are still counting on their fingers, they apparently need it. Right. And uh, you will make them anxious and not help their math capabilities at all, providing visual clues that will help them, that make it a lot easier and faster to realize addition and subtraction facts. Um, that is more helpful and teaching them strategies that will eventually um, make the finger counting slower than what their brain can do. But when they still need their fingers, it is helpful for them. So um, there is, uh, there is a re uh, still a debate of what is too early to discourage it. And actually there is no number uh, for that. It's, it's, um, it's, not, it's never um, a good plan to actively discourage it, but we can provide them with uh, more advanced alternatives that they eventually yeah. will use if it works for them if they have memorized it it's the same with young uh, kids and glasses a lot of people say oh he's not gonna wear those glasses well if you give a kid glasses who really needs it and it makes seeing easier for him even if he's three four or five years old he will wear those glasses exactly. and will adopt yeah. it. As I, a I compare it with uh, the time when I was learning to type. I was very proficient in typing with two fingers. And then uh, they gave me a Scheidecker course and I mm -hmm. had to learn to type with 10 fingers. And I would only do that during the, uh, the, the lesson time. And as soon as I was out of the lesson time, I'd go back to my very proficient two-finger <laughs> typing mode. And, uh, and that went on for a while until the moment that I was past that hurdle in the lessons and I could actually adequately type blindly with 10 fingers and now there was a new world opened up for me and I could do it a lot faster and I never went back to the two finger typing. It's like with finger counting as, as long as they need it but as soon as they have a viable alternative that's faster they'll, they'll automatically refer to it. So Absolutely. So um, this, this article actually this link uh, comes from the Atlantic and uh, they refer to research uh, by Maria Bartoletti and James Booth, who analyzed, um, like I said before, a specific region of our brain that is dedicated to the perception and representation of fingers, known as the somatosory finger area. Okay. So, and what's remarkable is that your brain um, can actually see or activate the representation of our fingers when we uh, do math even when we do not use those fingers actually anymore okay. but it's still linked and activated so um, particularly when uh, and, and they uh, looked at 8 to uh, 13 year olds when they were uh, given more complicated uh, subtraction problems um, they could clearly see that that uh, somatosory finger area lit up, um, even if they worked it out mentally. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So um, they also engaged it to greater extent when the problem was more complex. And um, when there were uh, bigger numbers and 
more um, steps needed. So other, and that, that's in, in um, uh, connection with other researchers have found that um, if students' knowledge of their fingers or use of their fingers in connection with their fingers counting in first grade was better, that uh, was linked to scoring higher on uh, number comparison and estimation in second grade a year later. So, and even for university students, their finger percep uh, perception was uh, associated with their calculation scores. So here you have it. Have them use their fingers as long as they long feel as the they need. Like. And it helps their calculation and uh, do not interfere with it. I think we've made that point. Our last link says students need a visualization. So they need their fingers and they need the visualization. Yes, absolutely. That? Because math is a very abstract subject. Mm -hmm. And it does not always come with a shape or a color or a size or a direct link to uh, familiar objects. And that has the result that students cannot always connect to it and they, they don't perceive the, the concept. Right. Now, to solve a math problem, need to visualize it. And they need to visualize it sharply. And visualization comes from everyday experience. So you draw on familiar shapes that are already in your long-term memory. And you can uh, relate it to uh, the math topic that you are, you are doing. Now, teachers typically do not teach that. They, they hope it's already in place, magically. And... Um, by not providing that connection with visualization, it keeps the math at a distance, as a, a virtual level where some of the students are not able to engage in it, to see it, uh, what they are actually working with. So for instance, showing fractions, you can have them draw them or fold origami paper or, um, uh, think about the round uh, doilies with the nice outside that, that they used to put uh, a cake on. You can cut them and you can fold them and right. you can show um, fractions. It, it works wonderfully well and actually the students love it. It's a great way uh, to use also those old rolled of uh, calculator paper that's laying oh, around right, yeah. and uh, measure out uh, a yard or a... Um, foot and give that to your students and let them fold a fraction of a third and a fourth and, and even a twelfth and let them connect it with each other, compare their fractions and get the discussion going, engage them in the math uh, and, and let them visualize uh, uh, fractions in that way. So basically this is not just for students with dyscalculia. It also works for other students who do not have a learning disability. Right. Basically, it's just good teaching practice. Exactly. Okay, well, that completes our links for the week. Thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, for your insights. Hope to see you back next week. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and you can find her on her website, DiscoCuliaServices.com, but also on Facebook, Twitter, 
Flipboard, Pinterest, uh, everywhere you go, find Disco Coolia and you'll uh, come across the works from Dr. Schroeder. She has written an online Disco Coolia tutor course, and that's something for teachers and, uh, and other interested people who want to become an independent Disco Coolia tutor. And all the information about that is at discoculiatutor.org. Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.